Welcome to another episode of It's Not About You with Jamal Harrington and Marianne Riley. Okay. Now. All right. We're now live. We're broadcasting yeah. here again. Facebook and YouTube. Hello, everybody. Hey, howdy. Welcome. We got a little bit. If you, How's our sound quality on your guys' end? Did we sound a little bit tinny? Okay. Because it's. We have, I just have to say, you know, we'll talk a little bit about this later on, I know, but we have apocalyptic air quality outside, so we uh, have to have air conditioning going to you know, broil in here. Yeah, this room becomes a sauna. Yeah, so we're sorry. Uh, Cousin Todd here will filter it out later. So Hopefully, yeah. But Jamal, we have a guest today. Yo. Yes, guest. our guest is... Uh, Comedian and author Corey Spencer. Corey, say hi to our millions of fans out there. Hi, billions of fans. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost, almost. We need to have a, a plant of like, ah. Like, I'll find one. We'll yeah. We need we need the noise funnel in like the NFL is doing right now. Yes. Have you noticed? That I okay. So. <laughs> I don't know where we were at on our timeline, but we are definitely, we have, to, I just finished watching the Seahawks Falcons game. Corey, oh. are, are you a, real quick, are you a fan of football? <laughs> so you and Cousin Todd are at the same level. Sports ball, yay. Cousin Todd, you know, I watch one sport and it's American Ninja Warrior and that's it. Oh, that's a pretty badass sport to watch though. Yeah. It's, I, it's, I like it. I like it because it's, it's a bunch of athletes just doing their shit. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. But um, I know that it's kind of a big deal that football started today. Well, it, it, technically the first game was Thursday, but this was the actual full-on all-day full of football. And um, it's very interesting to watch. And, and I think any kind of of thing where you're used to having fans, it's very interesting to have it where there's nobody in the stands. Court, have you? Now you're a comic. Have you done some? You're shaking your head. Have you done some virtuals or something where you're trying to do stand up? What was that like? You know, what's really funny is I spent a lot. I spent some time kind of like um, not doing comedy for a while, and producing it a little bit more, and then I decided to go back into stand up. Um, literally the week after everything shut down. So yeah. I was like, fuck it, I'll do virtual. And it actually was easier for me because I couldn't remember all my jokes and I could actually just uh, open up uh, some notes on the side of the camera and nobody ever knew that I was just like looking at my notes to make sure I could remember my own shit. So that was very helpful, um, but not hearing, hearing like maybe one or two people laugh kind of sucks. Um, at least they're laughing, but, um, you know, I've been kind of, you know, when I do the zoom shows, I've done things anywhere from like making quesadillas at the same time. Um, I've made home chef meals in the middle of shows now. Um, and it's, uh, they can see me and they can hear me saying, Alexa, stop <laughs> using the timer. Um, but, um, I mean, there's been some 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 upsides. I've been able to perform in my underwear, um, performing in bed. It's not the same though. 
it's not the same. It's you want to hear the roar of the crowd or the, I mean, feel that in rumblings of hands and beer, you know, kind of being spilled. But uh, at the very least, they should somebody who's doing these Zoom shows should at least have some canned laughter for you, you know. Designated laughers is what the good ones have been doing is they'll bring in some audience members just there to laugh. And that's um, helpful because they have to mute everybody else because of, you know, there might be like sounds in the background, like a screaming cat or whatnot. I might be projecting. Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) When you get a lot of people on a zoom meeting, like I do it for my, my, my day job. Yes. I have a day job. Thank God. And so I have to do a lot of Zoom meetings, and you can always you're, there's always some asshole in the back that forgets to mute their mic, and you always hear this fucking noise, and everybody's like, they start like unmuting themselves to tell the moderator mute whoever is out there yelling at their kid, you know, or something, you know, it's so <laughs> oh, you know, and, and my um, Michael, you're my on, Zoom. you're on, Michael, what? Yeah. In, in my Zoom classes, whenever uh, whenever I'm taking my Zoom classes for school, there's always that one person that forgets to like mute themselves and you can hear like their kids cursing in the background you know and like my teacher would have to stop and say excuse me but whoever has the child that's using the profanity can you please mute your camera <laughs> you know and you hear like the six-year-old just screaming. you hear like a six-year-old screaming fuck 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 and it's like oh wow no wonder <laughs> in this class <laughs> like yeah you belong here you know i did want to that's awesome straight so a lot this whole Zoom seems to be kind of like one of the newer, coming along to be some of the new normal. And I saw an article this week. I wanted to kind of talk to you guys, get your guys' get your guys's opinion. He's turning off the air conditioning. Fine, I'm sitting on the wrong side. Clearly, you you should put the menopausal woman next to the air conditioning. Well, you don't put the fat dude next to it and turn it off. Am I right? Anyway, so <laughs> I, 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 we can adjust. Uh, you know, I have to sit here. Oh my god! Like. <laughs> Like you turn off my air conditioning. That's almost like let me turn off our mic, for, our our cameras for a minute, so you don't see what I'm about to do to him. <laughs> Anyways, um, so talking about uh, violence on camera. Um, <laughs> so there was uh, a that's our family. We uh, this is my cousin. Yeah. Yes, we are legit first. Yeah, <laughs> and my mom were sisters. Yeah. Yes, so we grew up together. So um, my I, I was reading this article. And I want to kind of get your guys' thoughts on it. It was, I believe, a school in South Carolina. They were doing, it was a Zoom class. And a teacher saw a kid playing with a toy gun. Now, the toy gun. Girl, I already know what you want. Oh, my God. Yes, you heard the article. The toy gun was clearly a toy gun. It, It was green on the top, had an orange tip on it. It said zombie killer on the gun. He wasn't pointing it at the screen. He was just, they were saying he's ADD. So he was hand to hand playing with it. The teacher saw it, called the the prince, assistant principal. They ended up calling the police. The police went to this this kid's house. Now, mind you, this is a, a black kid, age 14, 15, something like that. Young kid. The police <laughs> up at his house. They showed up at his house and he got suspended from school. And now has a criminal record. This is on his criminal record for playing with a freaking toy gun in his own house. And they said it's, they treated. And they as, didn't call the mom. 
They did not contact his parents. They did not contact his mom. And they said, we treat it as, as a online tr- uh, schooling is the exact same as if you physically are here in our school. Well, here's the difference. I don't have my shit here at school with me. I don't have my whole room here at school with me. You know, there's a big difference. And so I just kind of, what are your, th- what did you, you, you saw the article, right, Corey? What were your thoughts when you oh, saw yeah. it? Um, of course, not surprised. Frustrated, angry, all the use. Um, I saw the gun. It looks like uh, it, it looks like uh, like a Mario Brothers gun. It looks like Duck Hunt. It looks like a zombie hunter gun. Like it, I mean, it is straight up a toy. Um, you know, it's not just this kid. Uh, I, I understand um, that uh, teachers are frustrated. And they're being pushed to their limits right now, what they are normally used to. And so are the kids. Um, and so respect for teachers. However, in what world do we call the, call the parents? In what world do we, do we even think that that's even right? And I think we know what world we're in. But uh, yeah, no, it was very frustrating. And I, I've been hearing a lot from my friends that have kids that... Uh, that the teachers, it's about control for a lot of teachers. And we knew that as kids. We knew that there were teachers that were like just in it just to fucking torture children. We know who they are. And a lot of these yeah. parents are like, uh, you know, not excuse me, a lot of these teachers are like making the kids wear shoes. Like there's that, making like preventing them from wearing pajamas. It's all about like, you know, straight look straight ahead and do what I say. And I think the teacher got seriously pissed off at the kid being distracted and was a fucking idiot because, again, you called the cops on a young black kid. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing by now. Jesus, fuck my ass. Are you serious? And that's that's what's so scary to me is, is that what's so fucking scary is that a phone call to the police, having the police show up, at a white person's house is worlds of difference than having them show up to a black person's house. And I had a situation I, I, I tell, I was kind of shared with these guys um, a few months ago. Well, it was probably about a year ago. I had, I live in Spanaway. My house is in Spanaway. I lived in Spanaway and I had a situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's got, it's notorious. It's got a really bad reputation. Spanaway, Spanaway, it's, it's meth city. And I had to have the police come out to my house and I was there by myself. And I got to the point where I said, this cop was so angry and so aggressive. So aggressive. I felt that I was getting, like my house had been burglarized and he got angry. You and felt got like you were in trouble. I finally got to the point where I stopped and I said, you need to leave my house right now. I do not feel safe with you in my house. And I'm like, fuck, I'm white, yeah. right? I'm a white yeah. woman and I feel this way. You need to leave yeah. my house right now. And I thought, mm-hmm. if you haven't experienced that, if you haven't had that experience as a white person or a white woman, you know, you cannot understand how much worse. I couldn't even imagine. And no wonder most of my black friends are like, I don't want to leave my house. I'm afraid to leave my house. I don't I'm blame afraid. them. And fuck, it's not even about leaving your house anymore. So it's so scary. I have a uh, restraining order on a family member um, from my husband's side my father-in-law anyway um and it's a cyber stalking uh 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 restraining order 
And unfortunately, when anyone breaks restraining order, you have that's that you're supposed to call the police and you're supposed to report it. And they come to your house. And what happens is when you call the police line, they don't tell the police apparently why they're showing up there or they just don't pay attention. I'm not sure. So the guy rolls in and he has his hand on his gun. He's looking at my husband who is five one and Jewish and <laughs> a white guy in glasses looking like Rick Moranis. And he's like, is this him? Is this him? You know, and it's like, no, no, this is a cyber stock restraining order. This is not the man, but he was, he was gonna hog tie my freaking husband, not even knowing what the fuck he was doing there, hand on his fucking gun. Yeah. And I'm like, how are we as white people not pissed off about cops doing this to everybody? And then the way they do it to people of color is, is so much more extreme. How can mm -hmm. you ignore that? Well, well, and you know, I'm, I'm a white lady. We're, we're, we're friends from cops. <laughs> well, you know, the thing we is, is cops? cops are not our friends. It's, it's, well, right? I mean, like, like I said, I'm white. You don't treat me this way. I'm white. Like, I was offended. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's my white How privilege. Dare you. I think it was everywhere. And as my, and so my, my fiance, who's not here, my fiance is black. And he's coined a new term. He calls me his snowflake insurance. He says he doesn't leave the house without me. <laughs> oh, he, that's his term? I call it a white woman passport. <laughs> he calls me snowflake that's insurance. How I, that's how I glide through life now. It's like, you're my white woman passport. You're going to keep me from getting shot today. Yes, yes. And when things are there, are, are very... out. Go no, ahead. it's a very thing. It's a very real thing. I've... Um, when I lived in Brooklyn for a while, me and my friend were at a, a soup party and we were the only white people there. And when the cops came to break it up, all the, all the black guys were like, okay, you're walking with me. <laughs> like, arms, arms, like, we, we linked arms and we walked on the street like, we weren't part of this. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's it is. Real. I was actually, I, I did, this is a, a a year ago, I, I saw the memories pop on my Facebook. I did a show in, in uh, um, Rainier Beach, which is predominantly, I mean, it is, it's all, it's an all black community. And at, towards the end of the night, after the show, it was late. And all of a sudden the cops showed up and there's all these cops come rolling in. And I looked around and I was like one of two white women. And I said, I need to get out of here right now. They're going to be looking at me going, what did you do? You're way too white to be in this neighborhood, lady. What shit are you starting? I was uh I was pulled over in Central Oregon going to a show in Western Oregon and uh, I got pulled over for speeding like I was I blew past this cop like like that and uh, he followed he followed us for maybe a quarter of a mile before he he hit his lights and I was in the uh, the in the passenger seat was a um it, she was a Cambodian woman and we pull over and I was like, shit, man. I was like, okay. And I was like breathing and a cop's about to get out of his car. And she was like, how about this? How about I do the talking? You don't say anything at all. And I'm like, why should you talk? I'm the one in, a, in the driver's seat. She was like, no, 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 no. You should let me talk. <laughs> I'm good at talking. I'm, I'm so good at being talked out of getting a ticket. And I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to say nothing. But I will narrate everything that I'm about to do, like officer. 
I'm about to reach into my glove compartment and get out my registration. Do I have your permission? You know, and that's how I am with cops. Like I always narrate what I'm about to do because I cannot afford accidents. You have to. Yeah. And even yeah. if you do, you know it doesn't. It, it might not matter to somebody. Even if no. you do well, tell the them what, is, what like, you're doing. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, she kind of, and it was weird that she was, because she was like, "Look, I know how this works. You're a black guy. That's a white guy. That's a with a gun. That's about to come to the window of your car." You cannot afford to fuck this up. I, you're my ride home, you know? So you know, we're, we're like five hours away from home. You are my ride home. If you get shot, these cops are not driving me back, you know, to Tacoma. So figure it out. So what did see, it up We happen? know all that. And then this teacher calls the cops. Like, how can we know all these things and then still have this happen? Because this well, is actually, what, what, what this happened in New York, didn't it? In a, situ in a situation like this, what the teacher or principal usually do first is call the call the parents. And then yeah. depending on the exactly. situation, then they call the cops. You know, you call the parent, you don't, you don't call the cops and then call the parents and be like, hey, uh, don't bother picking up your kid at school today. He's in like the whatever precinct uh, locked up. That's, that's not how that works because being that children don't really have, I mean, you said he was 14 years old. They're, they're, they're minors, so you have to call the, the parents first. It has to be the so, parents. Yeah, like you're never going to interrogate a minor without the present. room. Yeah, you don't, you don't interrogate a, a, a minor by themselves without the company of their parents. Like that's not how that works. You have to have your parents with them. So what the teacher should have done was locate the parents. Hey, here's the situation. And then the cops really don't need to be involved, really, because, again, it's a toy gun. You know, I mean, you'll be surprised how many times I drink during my online classes because it's long and it's boring. So I drink wine all the time. I'm just like, why, why don't you come? In, why don't you arrest me for public intoxication? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the beauty. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I was in a Zoom meeting with the VPP of my company. He was um, homesick because of COVID. And he was like, he looks at us and he's like, this is from the VPP. He goes, yeah, I had somebody come to my door and said that he would uh, give me a white cloth for a blowjob. He goes, I told, I see, and he reaches up and he pops open this white cloth. He goes, I don't know where the guy went or where this white cloth came from. <laughs> this was at like 11 o'clock in the morning on a Zoom meeting. Why is my crotch wet all of a sudden? <laughs> But yeah, I mean. So how was that white claw, Jamal? <laughs> <laughs> Episode one callback. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You know what? Speaking of, I had two more since then. I think I'm weaning myself away from it slowly but surely. But I did go to a, a comedy show and I had a Trulies, and I still felt uh, effeminate like how I did when I had that white claw. So uh, nothing's changed. Do you like Truly better than white claw? To me, they're the same. They're the same. Okay, I've yeah. never tried the other ones. I've tried Bonive or whatever the fuck it's called, and then yeah, white I mean, Trulies is a hard seltzer, and if I was to do like a blind yeah. taste test, they both taste like shit either way. So, uh, it's it's all the same to me. We can, uh, by the way, side note, we can wipe off Truly or White Claw from ever sponsoring our show. <laughs> Thanks, Jamal. <laughs> 
Take hey, back. Take no, no, back. No, no, oh, if, if, if we're sitting here with true with the truly's can next to us, we would lose, we would lose our audience. They'd be like, That's you know, drink, drink a Guinness like a real person or a Heineken or something, like a man or an Irish yeah. woman in that case, you know? Whiskey is my friend, truly. Um no, and and that's just it though. Any kind of, by the way, any kind of sponsorship, I am a whore for any kind of whiskey. I'm just saying, I prefer you know the low bottom shelf stuff because my liver doesn't know what to do with the good stuff. And if, and if White and if, <laughs> and if White Claw wants to sponsor us, hey, toss in a T-shirt. I'll drink that shit while we're on the show. I don't care. Right? I'll drink it. I won't enjoy it. It's like having sex with somebody you're not attracted to. You're not going to enjoy it, but you're glad they asked. <laughs> But you, if no, there's sex involved, there's a better chance of that sex happening, right? No. You're like, really? You want to do this? I mean, I, I wasn't sure if you wanted to, but all right. Looks like uh, looks like we're getting that sponsorship. Can I get a t-shirt? Show me a t-shirt. Give me a few more drinks first. So, <laughs> so anyways. Speaking of, so you were saying you were, Jamal, you said you went to a rooftop comedy. Tell me, what was, what is what the hell's rooftop comedy? What is that? Well, what it was, it was this. Uh, it's this. Um, and I'm sure they won't mind me dropping their names, but it's uh, it's called Tiny Cupboard. Um, and I believe it was called. Uh, and I and the name of the comedy show, I think it was like Stand Up and Laugh or something like that. But it was um, a friend of mine. Um, was like, hey, you know, you want to? I found tickets to a comedy show. You want to go to this comedy show? And I was like. Uh, Sure, why not? You know, and this is not even from a comic. You know, this is just a friend of mine that I've met, and uh, we went up there. We try. Uh, we it was in Brooklyn, not too far from where I live, and you know, four five flights, and you're on a rooftop, and they have like chairs and like little tables and a stage and everything that you would want or need from a, a stand-up comedy club, but on a rooftop. And you have like this really amazing view of Manhattan while you're doing it. The only downfall is, well, I wouldn't say it's a downfall because some of the comics kind of use it in their act is, there's a over, there's a, the trains that go by, the elevated trains that go by. So like every, you know, seven to 12 minutes, depending on, you know, the time of day and, you know, uh, you, you can hear the trains going by. Now, again, you know, you hear trains going by, you hear music downstairs from like people driving by, playing their music loud. But the comics, they don't really let it bother them though. They, they just play it on or what have you. And um, it was really cool. I got to see like four, uh, five comedians perform. And it's been a long time since I've went to a comedy show as a, as a spectator, as a guest. And the only thing, yeah. and, and mind you, the comics were really good. Like they were, you know, I think some of them were maybe up and comers but a lot of them were good enough to definitely be on this show. Like I'm looking at these comics and I'm just like, oh yeah, this one, you could tell this guy a, it takes pride in his writing because he does it clean. This guy, you know, everybody had their own different styles. And the one thing that I really missed, like as I'm watching the show and I'm laughing, I'm having a great time and drinking Trulies as well because that's what they had. Um, I kept seeing myself on that stage and thinking about all the things that I missed about stand-up comedy altogether. You know, like every joke that made me laugh, I kept saying to myself, fuck, I miss stand-up comedy. Like, I miss this shit. And, <laughs> and, um, and it was just like, it, it was really good. It, they did a really good job. A lot of people came out and supported. Um, 
and the host was was really really good and the lineup was amazing and right. it was just it just felt really good to be in that company you know even even as a spectator it was just like thank god comedy is still going on and it's not completely dead you know if that makes any sense like i'm glad somebody out there is doing a stand up comedy show you know um, I'm glad I'm glad somebody out there, whether it's on a rooftop or at a park, uh, that's that's what really made me happy was just I felt like, oh my God, I'm so happy that there's a show, that there's people actually creating and 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 out there making audiences laugh because again, right now it's something that we needed and it's and it seems you could you could tell by the audience that they were happy too because they're like, I'd rather be anywhere but indoors right now. You know, so um, it was great. It was a great show. You know, and I think that that's, to me, probably the best thing is, is that Ooh. there's hope that we're going to have comedy again, that there's still people who want to have that form of entertainment in, in live shows. Because I know that I've had people, I've seen a lot of different comics on my Facebook page that are saying, oh, comedy's dead. We'll never get back to it. And I've, I'm like, people are never going to stop wanting to laugh. And that live entertainment, having a comedy show where they're live in person in front of you, um, I can't imagine that that would ever go away. It might change, it might morph, but it's been around since the beginning of time. I mean, Roman times, they've had, everybody's had that comedy. And so to still have that hope that we're going to be able to get on stage again, we're, as people that have that neurosis of having to have the need for laughter and a and approval from an audience of strangers will never go away, but we're going to be able to feed that need at some point in time to be able to still get on that stage and like, please love me. Please <laughs> laugh at me. Please enjoy me. You know? I mean, I actually, the, the sad thing about the one thing that every comic though, well, I should say most of the comics had as far as jokes go, what a lot of comedians yeah. had in common is that they broke up with somebody during quarantine. And it was just like, mm. it was just like, oh my God. You know, like, like we would hear jokes like, oh, I can't get laid because insert, you know, reason why you're fucked up here. Um, but it was just like, they, each of them had a story of how they got broken up during quarantine. And I'm just like, oh my God. Um, and, 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 and one joke was funnier, just as funny as the next. And it was just like, so this is going to be the new thing. Like quarantine is like, oh, I just got broken up by my boyfriend or girlfriend during quarantine here's why and it was just, it was so crazy i was like wow this is the new thing yeah i don't know why he's all that banging around cousin todd's going to go use the bathroom or something yeah. i don't know what he's doing he's yeah. dipping out <laughs> if we had sponsors we'd be have a commercial break so he could do that I know. I mean, he's trying to be quiet by setting everything down on the table that has the microphone. <laughs> Use the bucket. Okay. Use the bucket that I sent you. <laughs> right. You know, you gotta have that little. You know, but this is this is the reality, though. Is is that we have is is that it's, you know, I I have not done any kind of comedy. The only thing I've done was is you know I was doing the radio show and then um, I did that every week. We took probably about a month off then I was doing the radio show and then parted company with the radio show and decided, you know, to do the, the podcast, but I'm still being able, I know it was a good decision. It was a good decision, Jamal. 
it was something that, you know, I think this was an organically happened that where we were able to shift. And this is, is actually, I've wanted to do a podcast for a lot of years, but I wanted to have a partner, but I didn't know who to have. And this, so this all worked out really well. It's hard so, to choose a partner um, in comedy. I'm, it's so hard. Yeah, it is. It's really hard to find somebody you can blend with mm -hmm. that understands your humor yep. and doesn't try, you know, like you're not constantly competing for the spotlight. You know how to no, just add compliment to each other. And yeah, and to be able to step back when it's time for you to jump up and shine and we're not in competition with each other. And that's something that's that's really hard to find. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think, I think with me and Marianne, it's I mean, because, again, it's, you know, with me and Marianne, it's like a partnership. We're not trying to one up each other or anything like that, because like I told Marianne at the last place, if you go, I go, you know, because Marianne was the one that got me to where I, I'm even at now, you know. And the thing is, like, you know, I, I, I want this to be successful as far as, you know, you know, fan generation. I want this to be funny. We like, you know, who is Corey Spencer? We want people that are interesting on the show <laughs> as guests. And, oh boy. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, no. And, I got all kinds of shit going on behind me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, I am just, very I so far, all the guests you're right. That, and that's why you're here. I'm like a car you know, accident. So, so, and, and, so it was just like, like, <laughs> you do great works, Corey. You, you may not know it yet, or maybe no one has told you that, but you do great works. So um, the trauma and right now, as I'm looking at you, I keep telling my... <laughs> I'm looking at you right now. Thank God that we have like these uh, cameras and whatnot. And I want to tell you, like, I, I, don't take this through. Well, take it however you want. This is all comedy. And we're, all, we're all tough people here. Orange is the new black is over. Why does it look like you're auditioning? What what's with the white screen? What's with the white background? You look I'm like you're about bedroom. to like audition for Orange is the New Black or you're praying for it to come back or something. I got the Tweety Bird t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no me for our radio don't audience. bother me. Our radio audience, you completely missed that. Yeah. But man, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Okay, Nick, go find it on on the on the Facebook page. You'll see that it. is. That if, is it's worth it to go find us just for that little <laughs> clip right there. And, and now you wonder, have, now you wonder why you're our guest today, <laughs> right? We needed to have somebody who was just as neurotic as us. I'm fine. Oh, man. You know, we're welcome. <laughs> welcome little misfit toys here yeah. so yeah so tell us yeah so we actually you know um you you've done Corey you've done some of the zoom like open mics or with comedy or how was how is that what one stood out for you um you know it's it's funny because I my own uh preference but uh I I was doing an open mic, um, the one that's in San Francisco, I believe it's Thursday nights, Wednesday or Thursday nights, it's called The Brainwash. And it's the first place I ever did comedy uh, when I moved from Portland to San Francisco. And um, it's hosted by this guy named Tony Sparks, who's been in the, in the you know, comedy world for like 40 years. He's like this old 
sexual harassing wonderful uh black man that always like oh you're a sugar pie you're 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 a little you know he's he's so fucking funny he can't even he's like a staple in in san francisco and the brainwash was is an open mic happens at this place literally called brainwash and it is a venue slash uh laundromat and uh the fun thing about that is is people come in they do their laundry and they can sit there have a beer have a you know a really good meal actually they had really a really good uh restaurant and you could watch comedy or you could watch music or whatever was on stage at the time and uh it does exist it's right smack in the middle of downtown uh san francisco and when i first did that mic uh it was the ladies' night, um, Mike, and I hadn't quite moved to San Francisco yet. I was just visiting to see if I liked it, and the environment was so welcoming. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely coming to San Francisco. And uh, when COVID hit, uh, his producer to make it virtual, and they literally still, they have audience come in, so they have people laughing um and it, it's pretty cool and and some people who you know started comedy in san francisco or did it you know lived in san francisco for any point in time we have a soft spot for the brainwash as a venue but it is the only place i've been where an open mic has designated laughers or people who come in just as audience and that's pretty awesome because I think any comic will tell you that the, the worst audience to perform in front of, the absolute worst audience, is a room full of comics. <laughs> They're the worst audience. And so, yeah, and, and we all know, we everybody of us will go, it's brutal. It's brutal because, you know. The and, four times that I've done comedy, it was for like a room full of either my friends or other comedians. And the people that did laugh were my friends. Of course. Right. Well, comics don't laugh for anybody. We call those bringers. They don't, and you know? it takes a lot. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But the thing is, though, is, is you know, and I think that as comics, like if you after you've been doing comedy for so long, yeah. it's not that we don't. We're not not trying to laugh. We're usually, if we're watching and we're paying attention, we're we're an entertainer watching another entertainer, and as like we're just analyzing and looking at the different movements, everything that they're doing. It's not, we're not just sitting there relaxing and listening to jokes. We're analyzing as we're watching and observing. And so if there's something, it doesn't mean it's not funny. It doesn't sure. mean you're not funny if we don't laugh. That's not it at all. Or you're thinking you know, of if there's sometimes like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you're like, oh shit, I need to, I need to give them a take because there's a really good take for that. And mm -hmm. I actually had somebody come up to me afterwards and, being, and you know, I've had them giving me tags before, and I'm like, actually, that was good, and I, I use it. But it's a totally different environment. So, how much worse could it be to do a Zoom show and not have have only a room full of comics? Like, it's like you're not gonna. That's we're just, missing out on the networking. Stuff. But to have, yeah, the networking. There's so much having a beer more together, involved in that human contact. Yeah, we're missing it so all. Some of the best time. So I do. I, uh, last week, uh, yeah, last week I did a, my first Zoom comedy show uh, with a headliner, Craig Gass, um, and a couple of comedians uh, from Seattle, uh, from Kirkland, actually, and 
And, and the funny thing is, you know, it's my first show, so I was kind of like nervous at first, but, you know, I kind of got into the rhythm and it was, you know, there was an audience, you know, and then, you know, I had my camera set to like the comedians so I could watch them, you know. Here, here's the thing about Zoom shows. I mean, it seems like this is going to be the future for now, um, aside from like the rooftop comedy shows or the outdoor uh, six feet, you know, separation comedy shows as well. But it seems like this is going to be the thing because it's more convenient. You're at your home. You don't have to really go anywhere. If you miss the show, you could catch the recordings or what have you because you've already paid for it. And the thing was, after I did the show, uh, I had to log out because I was at work and uh, I logged back in and they were still going on. But what it, what it was, was it was the host, uh, producer and all the comics that were on the show, including the audience, they were still there. And all we were doing was just talking. It wasn't the comedy show was over. Um, I mentioned like, oh, this is the one thing that I miss, you know, this camaraderie after a show. I kind of feel like Crutch should be buying us beers right now. But here we are, you know, all, you know, somebody in Brooklyn, somebody in Kirkland, somebody in Seattle, somebody. In, so we're all over the place. But the cool thing is we still are able to find a way to do comedy and hang out together, even though we're so yeah. far apart. And with that being said, um, you said something, and which I believe is true, performing in front of comics is the worst. But I think the reason why it's the worst is because, A, it's comics that we know that we're very comfortable with, so they already know us. One of my favorite things to do whenever I travel outside of a city uh, or to another city is go to an open mic and perform in front of a bunch of comics that have no clue who I am. Because they're not yeah, paying, yeah. because I'm not looking at a bunch of, because I don't know them either. So I'm not looking at a bunch of comics that I may or may not know. I'm looking at an audience. And as far yeah. as they're concerned, we're all strangers. And that's how, you know, if you're funny enough, hey, they're the ones that'll say, hey, you know what? You are really funny. We got this show going on, you know, later on this week or something, depending on how long you'll stay, I'd love to get you on. And that way you can network that way from, you know, out of town. I went to Portland and they have this open mic called the Big uh, Legrowski. I, I don't know if I'm, I, it's not Lebowski, but it's like Big Legrowski. I went there and, you know, they put me on. Hey, I, I drove here from Seattle. Uh, is it cool if I get on your show? And, and as we all know, we love out of town comedians. We show them nothing but love. We show them nothing but the best of hospitality because we know what it's like being somewhere, being at another place and yeah. being looked at as an outcast. Like, I don't have that feeling. I love to welcome any comic that wants to be on a show, but I just wants to hang out. And it was a bunch of comics that were Facebook friends that I've never, for the most part, never met. But I knew who they were based on their Facebook posts. And they knew who I was because, oh, you're a producer up in Seattle. We've heard about you. And I performed and it was, and they, it was so graceful. It was so great. And we stayed for the rest of the show. And so I love doing stuff like that. And I feel like as long as there's a way that we could continue to network and continue to grow shows and, and cause Hey, if somebody wins, we all win. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's kind of how yeah. I look at it. We all, win. I hate to see a comic um, just not elevate. You know what I'm saying? I want all the comics that come through my show to elevate, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. you there's, you want to keep it kind, especially right now. Things don't feel very kind. Yeah. It's it's so right now, I don't know, you guys, you're in New York and you're in um LA or California. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Um you're in LA. Pasadena, LA. And yeah. so 
Okay, so I don't know. You guys are probably have really bad. Do you have really bad air quality right now? Uh, yeah, I woke up this morning with a little bit of a nosebleed. Yeah, it's starting to look. Uh, it's it's sepia outside. It's 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 a really cool yeah. filter for Breaking Bad. Ooh. Yeah, it looks out or here. Terminator too. Out here, it it's, looks like it's actually worse today. <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, it looks for me. It's it looks very apocalyptic. It's frightening. Um, it's very scary. And when you we have the worst air quality in the entire world right now. That's that to me is bad. Um, it's crazy because I've seen photos from down in California, and it literally looks like that the the uh, the nuclear blast in T two. It's yeah. it's that orange color up it's here. The Bay Area it looks and like, so like that right now. Very orange. Yeah. 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 So for us, it's you. You would almost yeah. think that it was it's that dingy nicotine yellow look outside. Yeah, but you would you would almost think that. Oh yeah, no, that's a good. Remember back when you could smoke in bars. Remember when you could smoke in bars and you had that huge cloud over the top of the crowd. Right. Yeah. Imagine that all the way to. Oh, okay. Yes. That's what it looks like out there. No, it looks yeah. it looks all the way inside to of my grandma's house when we had to scrub it down because she smoked so much indoors. We were just like scrubbing the yellow walls and going, "Oh, it was white." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. And so uh, the wildfires—they're all around us. The air quality is is atrocious. The whole West Coast and is right now. It's it's so scary. I don't even know where to evacuate to, even if I was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. My whole family's on the wing. We'll all have to leave. Yeah, we're pretty well fucked, is is what I'm saying. It's because we, there isn't any place for us to evacuate to. This is something, you know, it, it's so crazy that with these wildfires that are going on, all up and down the coast. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, well, I, I was, I was not, I mean, I was like 16 and I was living up in the mountains up in Eastern Washington. And we had a forest fire that we had to evacuate. The town was evacuating and we, we were the last people to let, they let back in up on the property because the ranch where our horses were to go get horses. And the, we had like some, the owners of the ranch were these rich kids from Canada and all the ranch horses that we used to, we took care of, were trying, you know, we're trying to follow us out because they knew that we were safe. And so we were trying to open gates and these, these kids from these rich kids kept closing the gates on us and they wouldn't let the horses out and the horses were panicking. Yeah. They, the horses were panicking. The fire was literally across the road and it was the craziest thing we ever found. Um, somehow wire cutters fell out of our pocket and the horses found them. Horses are very yeah. They 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 cut all the the fences. It was crazy. I don't know how they did it. Wait, they're, the horses they're very the and... with the wire cut. Yes. No. I've had horses. That's my horses story. Don't cut fences. Look, that's my story. That's my she's story. Trying story. Not, she's <laughs> trying not to incriminate herself. I get it. I get it. But yeah, and so it was very. But it was very terrifying because if we were right, like on we we could have crossed over to the Okanagan river and would have been far enough away, hopefully. But I mean, even then these fires, they were so bad that they jumped at that point. It, it was 30,000 acres burned down. And in comparison 
to what we are facing nowadays because of climate control. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not BLM. I'm not Bureau of Land Management. That's you know, <laughs> one thing. Other BLM, Bureau of Land Management. You know, like a lot of people, they they keep, and that's one of the things that's happening. People are saying BLM, but BLM stand in, and people are like, "What does Black Lives Matter have to do with the fires?" No, Bureau of Land no, Management. They don't even the original the whole Black Lives Matter has to do with the fires. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is the original. This is the OG BLM. The OG BLM, Bureau of I'm Land Management. About that. Can you imagine how, how fucking stupid it would be for us as West Coasters to burn down the fucking, like, as, I'm not, I mean, there's so many liberals amongst that West Coast. I was making the joke calling it the mm -hmm. liberal coast. Why would the liberals set fire to the liberal coast? That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Well, exactly. not to go conspiracy or anything, but it, it, who's to say who it was liberals? It could have been like, you know, others. Antifa? Or, I don't know, the, the anti, I don't know. I don't know. Well, actually, though, Jamal, you were saying that there was four fires that four people were arrested? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like listening to all of your conspiracy theories, and I'm like, guys, stop giving the other side ideas. <laughs> like you, no, just, it's not like I gave him a fucking lighter and a gas. Be like, oh man, uh, I, I heard you don't. Yeah, I heard uh, on I heard on this podcast that you know it's liberals burning their own shit down so they can get rid of Trump. You know, and I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, last time I checked, the West Coast for the most part were was was a blue state, was a blue region for that for the for the most part. But oh, boy, yeah, it runs blue. Yeah. You know. Um. <laughs> Give me one second. As a so yeah, it, you know, a lot of people from what I'm from what I've been reading, some people are saying, oh, this is because of climate change. Others are saying, oh no, there's actually uh, people that are you know causing these fires. So from what I've uh, from reports from uh, Fox News, this is from Fox News. This is how you know that I'm not leaning to the left or leaning to the right. But Fox News have reported that uh, four people have been arrested on suspicion of arson in the West Coast, um, already under siege from major destruction from the deadly, bla from the deadly blazes. Um, of course, as the wildfires continue, police have investigated separate incidences near existing wildfires. Two men in Washington state, one man in Oregon, and one woman in California are facing charges of arson. Um, of course, in the latest report suggested that at least 20 people have already died in California, eight in Oregon, and one in Washington state as firefighters continue to struggle these deadly fires. Um, in Ashland, Oregon, police, uh, chief, um, police chief O'Mara announced uh, Thursday that a criminal investigation was open uh, on the investigation of the Almeida fire, calling the circumstances about the fire rather suspicious. Uh, the fire sparked in Ashland Tuesday, although mostly Oregon, mostly spared in Oregon, Shakespeare Festival Town, the blaze has killed two people, destroying hundreds of homes. Uh, they've also, police in Phoenix, Oregon, had arrested Michael Gerard Bakella. Uh, <clears throat> uh, in statements, Sheriff, Sheriff's Office said that while the Almeida fire burned, residents witnessed Bakella lighting a fire behind a house on Quail Lane. 
another arrest, uh, Anita Esquivel arrested in Mon Monterey, California, Monterey County, California, to be precise, uh, after starting fires near Highway 101 after a numbers, uh, though the fires that she had caused, she, apparently she had caused a number of fires, they have not been released as of yet. And then there are two unidentified men who are arrested in the connection of fires in Washington. One man allegedly started a fire on State Road 167 at Meridian. Uh, I know where that is. And uh, while another yeah. was detained yep. um, a day later, alleging that he was starting a fire on State Road 512, which is not too far from 167. So yeah, yes. so these are the folks, yes. according to uh, Fox News, that have been arrested and where they've been arrested according to, uh, because of these fires. So four people, guys, started all of this. And, but that's, that's I, I kind of think that it's, it's really interesting. We do know that the fires, that's the one thing that they can say is, is that 90% of fires are created by people. Um, but for somebody to deliberately set a fire, I'm having kind of a hard time with. I do know that we have the gender reveal party that they did that had a pyrotechno in California. Oh, that, that explains all those stupid memes I've been seeing. Yes, you didn't know that. So if the couple, and you know, that's just uh, a Darwin Award waiting to happen, I'm thinking, with this kid, because if his parents are that brilliant, and I, I don't know the circumstances, I wasn't there, but I do know pyrotechnics and dry, you know, we all know that 4th of July, a lot of places are getting shut down because of how dry everything is. And these assholes think they know how to go out into the woods and start a, a pyrotechno. Like, just pull silly string like the rest of us. You know, or use a freaking balloon that you pop and shoot out powder. You don't need to light something, igniting it. And, and, and like, great, that's the legacy. Could you imagine that that's your legacy? Yeah. I was the kid who, uh, the gender reveal, to say that I had genitals, it created a massive, massive forest fire, burned down. 330,000 acres killed millions of wildlife and bugs and animals and a few homes. And then it would turn out they're non-binary when they're late. Right. Older. And I guess what? I'm non-binary. <laughs> so how messed up would it be, how messed up would it be like when that kid is born and he's like, you know, 16 and he's just like, I don't, I don't, um, yeah, my pronouns are these, you know, I don't consider myself a woman. And it's just like, hey, we had a fire for you, okay? <laughs> like, you got to make the yeah. fire mean something. Bitch, you okay? better own that vagina. Bitch, own that vagina. I'm Work sorry, it. I don't, I, I don't know what you guys identified me as, but I don't identify what you guys thought that I was. So, bye. Like, no. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, wow. Was it worth it? I'm still... Either we... Either oh, we... She, her, her... Looks like her computer's kind of stalled no, out she'll, on her. She'll be back. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, that's... I mean... Um, In case she has to drop out again. I understand that we have, like, you know... And I've been to some gender reveals. I... I was at, I think, two of them for both of my grandchildren. 
yeah. two of my and so and they're exciting and they're fun and I understand that. I actually watched ones your your nieces and nephews. Uh oh Heathers? Yeah, online when they recorded it. And I just I couldn't even imagine, you know, like that's a shitty way to start off your whole your whole life is We're Kate. Everyone loves Yeah. What was that? I think we have her audio, but or did well, she... she's not she's not in there right now. She hasn't grabbed a spot. That's interesting. We kind of Corey. We kind of she's comes and goes. Comes. How about you, Jamal? Oh, I no, see your eyes moving, <laughs> so you can hear no, us. I'm looking. I'm like I'm looking out to see which one of the spots she's gonna grab. Um, yeah, she'll 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 be back. You know, it's uh, she's uh kind of having a little, little bit of uh, comp- technical difficulties, but um, I mean, yeah, well, we could just continue yeah. on until she gets back. Um. Yeah, you know, hey, this is we 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 uh yeah, and here she comes. Cool. Trust me, I I listen to a lot of sports radio. You'd be surprised how many times calls drop and they're like, well, I'm gonna let those guys in the back there figure that out, and then like the host is still talking, and then they're like, oh, we got her back. All right, as we were saying, um, I was watching uh this, this radio show. I was listening to this radio show and um. Uh, there was this uh, the interview going on, and you can hear the guy's dog barking in the background. And it's just like every time he's answering a question, you just hear, burp, 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 burp. And the thing <laughs> is, it's like I thought it was kind of cool. I was like, wow. But I, I'm imagining like everybody, like the technical staff is like, yo, why don't he take his dog in the back or something? You know he's going to be here. And then like the 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 host, um, Colin Coward, he was like, hey, hey, um, do you want to do you want to take a moment to go? Uh, take your dog, uh, like to tend to your dog or something. And he was like, yeah, just give me like five, like give me a few minutes or whatever. And then like, he hangs up, you hear like dead air. And then like the two hosts are talking. And then the next thing you know, he's like, okay, I'm back. You know, so it happens, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things, you know, that, uh, that we go through in this, uh, in this racket known as the podcast world. Looks like Corey might be back, but she hasn't like she's not back on screen. Hey, Corey, if you can hear me, try disconnecting from this one and grabbing the other spot. Maybe that will help. I don't know. Just a thought anyway. Or maybe you have to reboot it, reboot your computer. Maybe she heard you. It's kind of interesting. You know, I think that there's a lot more forgiveness with something like this as well, because there's so many people who have experienced this um zoom meetings and webcast meetings and everything on there that they understand i haven't i don't think i've been through a meeting yet that there hasn't been some kind of technical difficulties on and some kind you know with all the training there's always something and and that just you know that gives to the same thing with like a live show and when you're doing a live show there's always something going on like people walking through the background It's okay. It's okay. We see you. Yeah. Hi, Josh. <laughs> this is <a> son-in-law. <laughs> it's okay. I'm like, I, any given, I could be in this room for hours upon hours and nobody would ever walk in. But for some reason today, this is the time frame that it's like, everybody's got to be in here, but right. we're in the man cave. So this is what happens. It's okay. Um, so, okay. We have to talk about some football. I know. I know our, our two guests we've got Jamal and I are, this is, it's not about you, Todd. It's not about you. It clearly isn't about me because yes. I can give, I can give two shits about it. If there was ever oh, a time to okay. urinate, so, this was the time, Todd. You could have went to the bathroom right now. 
Yes. <laughs> this would and not in here. <laughs> not in here. Yeah, I'll go in the back corner while you guys are so, talking football. I watched I watched the Seahawks play the Falcons today. Okay. They went to Falcons today. Um some takeaways. Um whoa, oh, wow, wow. Shit. Sorry. Yeah, that was like an epic I, I didn't mean to do that. That kind of, you know I was trying to get myself situated and I accidentally kicked the table. With the, the microphone, the microphone on it, is on he's it. grabbing his his sandwich. Why don't you open that fucking sandwich for you and make all that noise in one fell swoop? Okay, let everybody see you open that fucking package. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you. nothing like having you know something sound really professional, like having somebody <laughs> eat. Um. So, anyways, uh, football. I know football. So, here's some of the things that. I thought was really good. They did had somebody play the saxophone who did the national anthem. There were some people kneeling. There were some people sitting. There were some people just kind of locking arms. There were, you know, our fists in the air. But what they did was is after the kickoff, both teams simultaneously took a knee. Oh, in that's solidarity. Cool. Yeah. So it was not during the national anthem. It was you don't be controversial. It wasn't about the fucking anthem. It wasn't about the flag. None of that shit. It was solidarity with each other. And the other thing that they had was that before before the um, before the game started, they actually were taking stickers and putting names on some of them were putting names on the back of their helmets. Like Russell Wilson had Brianna Taylor's name on his helmet. There was all these different, you know, of, of all the different names from uh, black people who were killed by cops. And all there, like, so that we had, you know, Tamara Rice, we had, we had um, Tamara Rice, we had all the different names on the helmets that they were putting, and not everybody did, but a lot of them did. Um, and then there was also on each end zone, now the, the game was in Atlanta, yeah. Georgia. And so the, the year was on one side of the end zone, it said end racism. And on the other end zone, it said it takes all of us. And I thought that that was like really very um, powerful message that was sent out. Okay, cousin Todd's over here making a fucking mess. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. And just the mom and me kicked in. Like, here's a fucking napkin. He just <laughs> he just squirted mustard all over himself. <laughs> like, God. And I'm sitting here looking at napkins. Here's an extra napkin. Jeez. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, cousin Todd. Thanks, Marianne. Do <laughs> football. I mean, when we're talking about the football here. So, anyways, um, so this I thought was to me at first I was like, "Yay, this is so wonderful!" And then a part of me went, "So this is how the NFL is responding because of of obviously um, our POC dollars in America have spoken." What, <laughs> Jamal? I like your smile there. Yeah. So, here's my thoughts. Well, so I'm an avid football fan. I love football. I even watched the Thursday night game, the uh, Texans Chiefs game, and uh, the thing that I don't understand. Here's the thing that 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 really bugs me, and it's not just with the NFL. Um, when people are what, when people are talking about boycotting the NFL, boycotting the, the NBA. Boycotting any kind of organization 
that has a voice. Now, here's my thing. Um, my thing is this, a lot of the NFL, we, we talk about, oh my God, they're millionaires and they're, they're selfish and they're this and they're that. You're forgetting about some of these athletes who actually have like donated to charities who have like foundations that they pour millions of dollars in. You know, um, there's a lot of athletes that, you know, yes, they have families and they got their own issues or whatever, but there's some athletes <laughs> out there. Like, here's the thing, people gave, Drew, people gave Drew Brees a hard time about what he said about the flag and, and whatnot. And here's the thing, I, I got where Drew Brees was coming from. From his point of view, right. from where he was coming from, I got it. And when his players from all his on his team and all over the league spoke up and pushed back on it, he thought he he, he came out and he apologized. You know, Drew Brees right, could have right. stood his ground and said, "You know what? Fuck what you think. I have a stake here. I can I can say this." You know, which he can. He has the right to First Amendment. Yay. But what he did was he heard, yeah. he heard what people were saying. And I think, you know, and, and, and I was like, oh, my God, is this guy tone deaf? But he realized what he said. He realized how much it hurt. And he apologized, you know. But here's the thing. Forget about the apology. Drew Brees has given him and his wife have donated tons of money to New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? But people don't want to see that. People don't want to see the good that these athletes do. Some of these athletes, they go to the schools and, you know, hang out with the children and they speak with the children and they they contribute a lot to their community. They're not just rich assholes who go to strip clubs. You know, some of them have kids of their own. So what they and, and their role models, you know, they're, 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 they're role models and kids look up to them. So whenever people are so. I say that to say this, when they have a voice regarding social injustice, people who say, oh, you know what? It was all okay until you had a stance on this issue, you know? And that's where I draw the line. I'm like, first of all, number one, you were never watching the NFL in the first place, okay? You were, right. you were bitching for the sake of bitching. And that's what a lot of people do. Oh, the NFL? I'm like, first of all, what 80-year-old woman who's a racist <laughs> watching the NFL? She's not watching the NFL, okay? Go fuck yourself. You're not watching the NFL, okay? Your grandchildren are, but you're not, okay? So, you know, exactly. with, with the whole, um, and, and the funny thing is, it's like with the whole, and, and I'll even go back when uh, the owner of the Clippers, uh, Sterling, said that racist remark to his girlfriend, uh, his side piece, it was, you know, about he didn't want her hanging out with, you know, with black guys or having them, you know, bring, bringing them around. I'm, I wasn't even mad at that because I'm like, dude, the guy is an 80 year old billionaire who is white. What were you expecting him to say? Right, I, wait, exactly. You're shocked by those comments? I'm not. I wasn't shocked at all. Because yeah. when I, as soon as I found out what his age was, all the other <laughs> follow-up questions I may have had in my head mm -hmm. were already answered. I'm like, I get it now. Exactly. So, so it's just like, and, and again, you know, he he got, you know, he the league said, you're not allowed to own a team anymore. Forget about it. We're kicking you out of our circle of billionaires, you know? So so it really bugs me when I, I, I 
you know, I scroll through Facebook and people are like, are you going to, you know, miss the NBA? Are you going to watch the NFL? No, no, no. And I was like, dude, go, go. You're not fooling anybody. Okay. You liked it. You're mad because they have a stance on things that you were so comfortable about. You were comfortable with the whole status quo of racism. I'm watching the, the yeah. Um, yeah. I'm watching the Saints and Tampa Bay game right now, actually. And somebody went over there. And you're not. Somebody went over. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not going to give you a score. <laughs> but um, no spoilers. But somebody walked over to um, I believe it was Drew Brees on the same sideline, and on the back of their shirt it said "End Racism." And here's the thing: some asshole's gonna pause their TV. Uh, they're gonna do a little nice little screenshot of that or whatever, and then they're gonna post it up on Facebook, and then they're gonna put their own bullshit rhetoric right behind it, like, "Oh, how dare them!" throw a football coach the team do your job you should you shouldn't speak up on this and again athletes speaking out on social injustice this is not new this is this is this has been going on for decades you know what i mean so why all of a sudden i mean why are we i want to know this why are you really mad at the athletes why are you really mad you're mad at lebron james because people over in china are making 20 cents an hour on making him shoes that and then he's a billionaire but okay um you know like why are you i mean yeah i get that rhetoric why are you mad bro? like why are you really mad yeah and that's and that's all yeah. i want to know and the, and the thing is that the change is really difficult change can be really really difficult i wanted to talk to you uh so one of the things that for my Corey, you have <laughs> uh infiltrated as a small but infiltrated a lot of different uh, uh, face of social media groups. And I, I definitely want to hear about that. I want to hear yeah, what's, what's that experience. Um, so I'm is, very curious. Um, I'm a really not good troll. Um, I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I don't necessarily think that I'm making a difference in people's lives. Um, but I am a, a member of some groups that um, deliberately go and troll. And, um, and it's not like, um, go in there and fuck with these people. Um, it's the, the main group I'm uh, affiliated with. Um, it's about laugh reacting. And uh, anytime something is uh, just fucking stupid, like, Trump looking like ripped like Rambo with his fucking shirt off and all that and like weird or Trump on a motorcycle like you know Trump getting a massage from Jesus uh all those greats those are all laughable and people post them without humor and so uh yeah we laugh react that's a big part of it is just laugh reacting and I have a few um you know gifts I store in my back pocket for whenever. Um, my favorite one is if uh, on the GIF, uh, the GIF uh, bar, if you type in uh, idiot sandwich, it's that one's my favorite. That is Gordon Ramsay with two pieces of bread on this lady's face. And he says, what are you? And she says, an idiot sandwich. And so I always post that one. And then another one I like <laughs> is uh, just somebody throwing what looks like a, a, probably a mannequin into a giant trash bin. And that's it. It's just over and over again, just like your trash. Um, 
so those are my favorite uh, reactions. So I started doing that, just kind of laugh, whatnot. And then um, sometimes the uh, the people that do the post in the group are posting from a Facebook group. So there's been Mask Off America, Mask Off USA. Um, those are all people that uh, it's their rights to not wear a mask. And um, for me, I'm uh, I'm high risk, and I uh, I'm not to not to sound selfish, but I'm pissed off. I'm missing Halloween. God damn it! How dare you? I mean, <laughs> this was supposed to be over a long time ago. Yeah. I expected to be. I mean, I expected to spend I my know, birthday right? in quarantine, yeah. but that was May, you know, and it, it was supposed to end. I love Halloween. So I, yeah, I used to work as a, uh, I worked as a scare actor in a haunted house and it's amazing. Um, and I was looking forward to doing something like that this year. Anyway, mm -hmm. that's beside the point. Um, so there's many reasons why I hate people that don't wear masks and are not, not only like, uh, don't they not wear masks, but they also act like they're doing something brave. They take a selfie of them crying. They take uh, all, all, this. Tor it's like torture porn. It's it, it's I don't want to see it. You know what I mean? And so stuff like that would get me really pissed yeah. off. So I started, you know, doing laugh reacts on those. And then I thought, well, why don't I, I, I I've done some uh, inadvertent trolling uh, when I was really, really depressed and I changed my profile picture to um, hide the pain Herald. And a lot of people didn't know who that was and just thought I was uh, a, a nice old white man named Corey who had opinions and nobody it was like, fuck you whore. And so there was kind of this really nice way to be able to speak my opinions and not have people attack me from for being like a chick or whatever. Um, and so I kind of got into being Harold for a little bit right. and even changed my name to Harold on Facebook for a minute. Um, but mostly when I just started kind of going into those groups and just kind of see the first one I joined was a, a, it was a Trump red wave group and they were complaining about, uh, fact checkers. And that's what got me into the group because I was like, oh, this is amazing. And so I got into the group and I at first I was pretended to be a Trump supporter. And so I got into saying I lick doorknobs. That's been like a thing I've been sharing a lot on Facebook is that's like that's like my go to to troll is, yeah, I lick doorknobs so I can um, build up immunity to COVID and and the more public the doorknobs they, they are, the better, uh, because I'm not a pussy. And uh, so I started posting things like that. And uh, you're awesome. And then and then it got into lick a doorknob patriot became my thing that I would write all, all in caps. And then I started using the Liberian flag. Liberian flag looks very similar to the American flag, but it is absolutely not the same thing. Um, and a lot of people will look at it and go, yeah, that's America. Because all they see is red, white, and blue. Oh, okay. You said Liber the Liberian, Liberian flag. Li li not Liberian flag. Uh, Liberian flag. And, Liber oh, Liberian. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. And I got the idea of that. I, I didn't come up with that on my own, that part. Uh, I'm, 
I'm on a Reddit page, on a subreddit page called uh, Accidentally Liberian. And it's all these Trump supporters who are posting the Liberian flag. See, I did it myself. Uh, the Liberian flag in their MAGA posts. And it's just really funny. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing that. And people were liking my get on the Trump train. Every time I, I, I would uh, spell train differently. Um, there's many ways you can spell Trump train. Um, you can put an E on the end of it. You can put uh, several I's. You can um, A-Y the Trump train. They'll, they'll click like. They don't care. They really, they really don't care. Um, and then af after a while, I couldn't handle it because there was I a did. lot of... There was a lot of racism. Go figure. When you're not okay, so I was the only one going MAGA 2020, but exact, actually, I was I was I was doing 2021, and nobody called me on that, by the way. Um, <laughs> and so it got to the point where I realized they weren't posting along MAGA, MAGA, MAGA because they were amongst their own people. There's no need to troll in MAGA because that's that what they do to us. They're the ones that are told, yeah, this is where you say Trump train. This is where you say 2020. But amongst friends, here's where we just complain about Democrats. Here's where we say, uh, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse is a fucking uh, patriot. So when I joined the Trump Red Wave group, um, I made a post that said, all in caps, of course, um, Trump, Jesus, God. Mag MAGA 2021 uh, is Kyle Rittenhouse single because my daughter wants to date him. And I don't have a daughter. I don't have any kids. I have, I, have a t I have two cats. So, you know, whatever. Um, it doesn't matter. They, I, I made my profile private, so who cares? Um, that is the key, by the way. Make your profile private and restrict access to your past posts if you're going to do this because they're if you talk about things, they're gonna see it and they're gonna remove you from the groups. And if and, and if you're black, copy like use a white friend of yours as like a profile. Never go in so as a black person. Never go in as a black person. Go in as a Hispanic person. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of Mexican people on there that were unfortunately a lot of Asian people in there that were pro-Trump. And that's I, I understand there's a lot of conservative people in those, you know, everybody's got the conservative groups, but whatever. I don't know. I just, I hate seeing anybody who's yelling pro somebody that's actively working against you. It's just, it's disappointing. Um, anywho, uh, so the Kyle Rittenhouse post that I made. So um, nobody said I was being weird, but one, pe one person did say I was drunk, um, which is fine. Uh, because that's that's not the problem. Um, it got taken down shortly after because I said something like I was really trying to rile them up, and I think I was just trolling too hard. And uh, so I wound up removing myself from the group after they not only took down my posts but then restricted all public posts from that point on. So I'd like to think I broke it. Um, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of like. Pro Candace Owens, and then there were 17 posts in a row of 
that black man in New York who tried to rape the girl on the subway. They couldn't get enough of that. Oh my God, they loved it. That was their favorite thing ever because not only was it black, but we have him on tape. Here's the proof, all this shit. If that would have been a fucking white rapist, that would never have made it on those pages. And a lot of the comments on there, and this is what really yeah. just got to me after a while, was a lot of the comments on there were just calling him an animal, 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 animal. And I, we know what that means. We know what they're saying. And the more yeah. I would see things about Black Lives Matter, I started to see it more and more, animal, 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 animal. And I'm not saying a rapist is not an animal. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. I am saying that right now during COVID, there is a mental health problem right now and people are not getting the treatment that they need. And there are cr- literally crazy people. I've been in a psych ward myself. I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm crazy too. But there are literally crazy people out there who can't get the help that they need. And look, if you're a comedian, it's it's already it's acknowledged <laughs> among comedians you're not you're not normal. Yeah, you, got you, to, you don't you do you, you do not have to convince me or Marianne that you're not. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate. Yeah, that. It's, it's, like, it's a, if, now here's the thing: it's a, if you were to tell us, "Oh, I'm the most normal pe- person that I know," I'd be like, "Look, fuck." No, me. but you would be like, "You're not funny, then." Yeah. Now I'd be like, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we'd be like. That's fucking scary. What's what's you're 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 in absolute denial, and I think you need to go seek some professional help because right. if you as a comedian can't say I have a screw loose and I know that I have some mental health issues, I'm working on it. Why do you think that we're having so many issues? Because yes. we need we're Not missing out on that, stage we therapy. Don't get health insurance you know, right? I had an app. We don't get mental and you health. Know what? And you know what, my dear, yeah. you probably need a touch of Jesus yeah. too. <laughs> I grew up with Jesus. I'm trying to get that out. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the other maybe thing. a little. People really think that Trump maybe, is. Are you or maybe a little? By maybe a little touch of the good Lord might save your oh, soul, sweetheart. There, yeah. I'm, yeah, I've been touched I'm before. Touching these things. I do. That's <laughs> somebody. Not anybody in the clergy, anyway. Yeah, the way I want him to. I was touched by a man of God. Yeah, yeah. Now the problem is you're a girl. This is true. And you're too old. But yeah, so that's way. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Reed Donovan, so it's all about that kind of shit. Oh, I was going to point out that, by the way, spoiler: fifth season is a major trigger. We'll talk later. Yeah, yeah. I just started six. But uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, so I left the Trump yeah. group, and you know, I, I, I'm. It, it, here's the thing: it's actually ran by a troll. It's ran by somebody that's not a conservative. That's literally just capturing screenshots. Um, so, haha, on them. Uh, but I couldn't handle it that's anymore. Great. So I got out of there. I started joining more lighthearted groups to troll. Um, lighthearted groups to to, uh, to kind of go into, or you know, the anti-mask groups, anti-vax groups, um, and even them get a little Trumpy, uh, of course. But uh, QAnon 
has been uh, my newest that I've been getting oh, into. I, I should really watch some of their stuff just so I can talk like them because they they see through me immediately um, because there's so much of their information I that I don't enough, I, think. I had to Google them because I had no clue what they were. And like, I was like, like when you read what who yeah. they are, you automatically lose faith in mankind. Oh my God. Like, I'm like, this cannot be a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. QAnon Scientology. Yeah, horrible. they do. No. See, I, mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought have... Scientology was, was bad. I'm like, wow, yeah. this is a, this is an actual group. And a lot of people that, are, oh, yeah, but anyway, hear about yeah. them because uh, of Pizzagate. Um, and, you know, everybody rolls their eyes with Pizzagate. And that's not the thing that got, you know, people excited. There was no, like, uh, that was basically it for that group for a while, right? And then Trump. Now, it's weird what they believe. Like, it is like Scientology. And, and you, they they let you in slowly, right? And I guess they, like, they have, like, their primary. This is, watch this video first. Then read this. Then read this. And it's very specific what they want you to do. And all, you know, of course, all the videos are on YouTube. All the videos are banned. Um, and the idea is Q is somebody that's close to President Trump, if not maybe President Trump himself. Um, there's a lot of speculation of who mm. Q is um, on their side. This is who they think it is. Um, who we think it is in the other side, from what I understand, is oh, we think it's uh, 4chan, 8chan guy, um, the guy who is yeah. responsible for that. He even, you, you know, I'm not saying it might be him, it might be multiple people. I don't know. Like, again, I don't know enough. And that's how they've they kicked me out so quickly. So, do you think? Do you think that the 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 person who's who started for, uh, yes, for started QAnon might be a troll absolutely. just to fuck with these people? Um, oh fucking a! See, this is I don't know anything. I've mm -hmm. I, I've seen the name once or twice, but I'm not. And I haven't had the chance to go. I was going to look them up. And I, see what I they watched were. a couple of videos I because I like watching just to see conspiracy what it's about. videos. Yeah. It's one of my favorite. The flat oh, yeah. earthers and QAnon are like this. I mean, they really uh, are. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> an old high school friend of mine who I kept in contact with because mm -hmm. we were buddies back in high school, but he's very conservative. And we've butted. I mean, we've like we've almost come to blows a few times because of the things he said. And I'm like, dude, that's not how things are. That's just the the blind the the blinders are on these conservative people that don't want to see anything but what's in front of them. And he literally, like a month ago, sent me a video. Hey, you should watch this. You you don't like people lying to you. You want to know the truth. You need to watch this video. And I go, well, what is it? He's like, well, you just need to watch the video. Exactly. I said, well, I'm not going to click the link unless I know what the fuck I'm clicking on. Pandemic. <laughs> and he was like, no, you just need to watch it. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm not watching it. I don't, because I figured it had, I figured if nothing else, it was some sort of, um, uh, propaganda video that was anti-democratic or whatever. 
But later in the day, I was like, you know what, fuck, I'll at least load the, the page. Comments. I'm not going to watch the video because I want to see what the, the title is. And I didn't even read the comments. I just saw hashtag QAnon. That was the first thing I saw. I said, <laughs> nope, downvote this fucking video. I don't want to see anyone. Yeah. You know, I because, I, you know, once you watch one video, YouTube, that's all they're going to fucking show you. Because right now on my suggested feed are Karen videos, <laughs> music videos, and conspiracy videos. And I don't mind watching the conspiracy videos or the Karen yeah. videos because those are a lot of times really funny to watch, for me anyway. Yeah. No, they really like, are. QAnon, those guys are fucking yeah, nuts. They are. They, they are like, they are like, they are like, they are like the human centipede on on Trump's ass. You know, they're just seriously like they're like puckered up and like biting into a sphincter. It's weird because they're, it's they're like eating it, up all the, the ideology excuse. is you have to believe so, it all. Wow. It's not like, uh, you know, hey, it, like my husband was listening to some 9-11 shit, um, <laughs> you know, and like I understand if you think Bush did 9-11. I'll give you that one. But <laughs> do I have to believe everything? You know, do I have to believe that, you know, George, George Soros pays my money, my paycheck, uh, because I post things online that piss people off? Does, I mean, am I really being funded by the Antifa? And, you know, yeah. I know these things to not be true. So therefore, how can I believe it? And uh, it, it's really, it's really fucked right. up. And I, I like to click on the pages of the people. And uh, so I was doing that for a while is I'd, you know, post things like, oh, this was a, my favorite one or uh, Biden's America. We got to vote him out of office. And uh, I put that all in caps and got like four likes. And I was like, this is amazing. What do you mean? What are you talking about? What? What? You know, so like groups like that, like they're crazy. They ha they have to be they believe it all, they believe it all, and they hate the they hate Hollywood. Right? Can you imagine how bored yeah. they must be? All they do is watch news. Then, if they really truly hate Hollywood the way that they say that they fucking do, they don't watch movies, they don't watch TV, <laughs> they don't pay the you know rent for Tom Hanks, that pedophile, you know, like the most wholesome motherfucker on the planet. Really? Right? Really? That's I did hear. I think somebody, a conspiracy theorist friend of mine, was telling me about how they the, the there's this group out there, and it's Tom Hanks is part of it, and they they got all the, they don't rape these little kids, but they drink their blood to do, and all this weird shit. And he's like, "Oh, you wouldn't believe it. It's crazy. This stuff is true." And I'm like, "Now, I know you quit smoking. That said, Maybe you I do believe that every politician from You're a certain point does have to fuck a kid. I do believe that. And I've always believed that there's that there's some fucking weird shit out there that we don't know about. However, this is too far. This is way too fucking far. Yeah. Yeah. It's not shaking, it's shaking hands and kissing babies. It's fucking babies. Oh my god. Okay, so my favorite one. My favorite I mean, one was uh, <laughs> there was a post where it was showing Melania's clothes. Now here's here's my thing. I think Melania usually looks great. She, uh, so she's got a good stylist, right? But there are questionable things such as that weird Zara jacket yeah. that said, I don't care to you. Um, that doesn't, it never seemed like something as part of her fashion. 
And so I think from that point on, it was, and I'll, I'll have to do my research. Ooh, that's what they say. Do your research. They don't even tell you where to do it. They just say, do your research. Um, well, because they do their research on just factless memes. That's where they get their yeah. research. It's really, it's, yeah, I'm like, where? Do my research, where? And so here, here's what they think. They think that the way that Melania dresses is sending a metal, med, message to the pedophiles and that they are scared. The pedophiles. That is somehow, if you're a pedophile, you understand this message and you should be frightened. Here's what she has dressed at. She is dressed as Lady Diana. She has dressed similar to Michael Jackson in Smooth Criminal. And they think that those are things that are telling the pedophiles of America that they should be scared. We're on to you. Now, I was trying to figure out what was the connection here with Lady Di and Michael Jackson. Now, so I asked a couple questions. And uh, Michael Jackson, by the way, was not a pedophile. Neither was Lady Di. Okay. Go on. Uh, also, um, they're still alive. And that they are working with Q to take down pedophiles. And that is why Melania dresses like them, is to let them know, the pedophiles know, hey, I'm against you. And not only am I against you, but I have Michael Jackson helping me and fucking Lady Diana Spencer, Princess of Goddamn Wales. They're both alive, they're both helping out Q, and they want to see the children of the world safe, both of them. So, wow. take that, trolls. So then, uh, then somebody posts um, a, a Diana is, oh God, what, what, who is she dressed as? I, I forget, but I, I was just like, wait, who's who's pedophile? I don't understand. Michael Jackson was supposedly, to, from what we know, a pedophile. Trump, from what we understand, is a pedophile. And they're like, no, 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 they're working together. That You have hey. to keep your enemies closer. And that's what they told me about uh, Ted Nugent as well. My Ted Nugent posts are what got me banned. Uh, because Ted Nugent wrote a song called Jailbait about having sex with a 13 year old girl and how hot it was. And he also adopted a girl when she was 17 years old and uh, had sex with her, right? So, and this is all, supposedly everyone all knows this. However, um, the way it's been explained to me is um, Trump had the original Ted Nugent executed and now the new Ted Nugent right now is pro, you know, pro-Trump and um, also um, is not a pedophile. He's against pedophiles. Uh, no, this is, uh, there were seven likes on that, on that one person's explanation for that. And I was like, they weren't, they weren't laugh reacts. They were like, yeah, man, and agreements down the fucking line. And uh, I can't even laugh at that, man. It was, that's rough. That's some rough shit, man. There are some serious, some serious nut jobs nut and people jobs. are not stopping yeah. them. There's no, I feel like when there's a liberal, people say, oh, don't live in your liberal bubble. But liberals, we infight all the fucking time. So technically not a fucking bubble. They're in the bubble. They are in the bubble. They do not question right. things that the other people do. 
they do not fight against what other people are saying in their group as long as they agree with hating the these same sound people. Like, these um, strangely sound like people that drink their own urine. That's that's what I'm gathering from this. I mean, it's just like not survivalists. <laughs> I mean, it's like these yeah. are people who are like, yeah, drink your urine. It's gonna help clean out your insides. Um, you know, it, it, it's weird because the one thing that comes to mind, like the one question that comes to mind are the people that you infiltrate or the people that actually make these polls up, where are they from? Like where, what region of the country are they from? I mean, sometimes they're from everywhere. Sometimes they, some, you know, sometimes they look like how you expect, you know, sometimes they're those dudes in their cars with the wraparound sunglasses and the Confederate flag. Sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes it's a little old lady who is probably adorable in real life and is a secret fucking racist writing things like, let's hunt Antifa. And then you're like, what, bitch? You're not so, you don't, grandma's not so fucking sweet anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's all from all over. People from the South, people from the North, it's all over. Yeah, I mean, the friend who sent me the video, he actually, this is the thing that really confuses me. He, in the last two years, married a woman okay. from, from the Dominican Republic right before we got the the tangerine in charge. And uh, I said, you know, you realize you married a woman you're probably never going to be able to see. She's not going to be able to come to the country. They're not going to let her in. You know, what were you thinking? And you voted for the asshole. What what were you voted thinking? Voted against I mean, your clearly, interest. Clearly, you know, Literally. You, you're going to have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he's the he's the one that sent me the. Yeah. And so I, and once I realized that mm-hmm. video was Antifa or not Antifa, the, the QAnon, I immediately I immediately blocked him because I just, you know what? He was already kind and of already like making scary excuses Trump for him in your mind already. because you loved him. So when he. You loved him a long time ago and he was a he was a fucking friend. Yes. I get it. Yeah, he was a buddy of mine from way back. That you know, back in the day, he was people hated him because he was kind of he was kind of an arrogant little shit. (laughs) I was like his one. I was one of his. You stood up for him way too long, man. And and, he didn't uh, earn that. I did. You know what? He uh, we had in common was we both like science fiction. We both love sci-fi and Star Trek and Star Wars and stuff. So when we would talk, we would talk about that stuff. And then if it got into like political you're like, Bye, or buddy, gotta go. social <laughs> things or, that he thinks, I'm like, no, dude, that's not how that works. It, it's that's no, that's not a thing. I don't know why you think that, but that's not a thing. That's what Fox News wants you to believe. I that's don't not really Fox a thing. News. I use and, YouTube. Uh, I, I use I, Facebook. Here's, you know, here, here's, here, here's, my, here's kind of like how I picture like Todd's. Todd's conversation with his friend. He's just like, oh man, like, I'm glad, you know, I'm looking forward to like the new Batman movie. Oh, could you believe that, you know, um, they're coming out with the new, with the Black Panther Party. Um, I mean, Black Panther Party, the Black Panther. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> oh my, you can tell where my mind is at. I'm like, revolution. Um, <laughs> no, no, but, but it's what it's like. He's like, oh man, can you believe that they're coming out with the Black Panther movie? I'm so excited. I wonder who's going to play. And then your friend is like, ah, probably some jungle bunny, you know? And you're just like, ah, dude, come on, man. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, why'd you have to use... I I wanted to say something else, but for sponsorship, jungle bunny is like my favorite of the ones that they call us. 
Um, uh, probably some moon. Yeah, I mean, that's actually pretty cute as far as like racism goes. Like, you know. (laughs) You know what? Hold on. That's adorable racism. I have a confession. Right? I have have a confession. When I was younger, the first time I ever heard that term, I was uh, walking with two racist old white dudes. And um, one of them, they saw this 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 woman walk by, and they they called. They're like, "Oh my God, she's look at that!" I would hit. And when they said Jungle Bunny, I in my mind, when I saw that this woman walked by, who's this beautiful black woman, I thought that she was one of Hugh Hefner's exotic women. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I wish I could grow up to be yeah, a Jungle sure. Bunny because she was beautiful. Yeah. Was, Jesus Christ, was, I think this is the first time I've ever heard this word. I used to so, think, wow. <laughs> No, it's not, I was I was called I was called Where the I'm moon from, cricket. people I was, don't make I was, it sound cute. I, I was called yeah, the moon I, cricket once and um I knew that was racist because the guy that called me that was a white dude that didn't like me. You know, he was just like, Are oh, you fucking moon cricket? And I laughed my ass off because I'm just thinking like that's hilarious. And then I Googled it and I was like, Oh my god, that's still hilarious. I think, I mean, <laughs> no, because I'm just like, it makes sense. Like, I picture like a full moon and like a cricket playing like yeah. a, a violin or something. And I'm just like, mm, oh, yeah, that makes more sense to me. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, my, <laughs> that, that, that's still a moon cricket, you know? Isn't that the movie Moonlight? Like the, the, What's that? It's just crickets. It's just crickets in the moonlight. Yeah, that's what that's I thought. Beautiful. But again, I knew it was racist because no white dude who hates me is going to no, call me something. It's going to call me like, you know, hey. You know, call me an asshole. That's one thing. But you're going to call me a moon cricket, a spirit checker, a jungle bunny, a... a you know. Something I got to look up. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing was, it's like, I, call me something that I got to Google. Educate me. I Google all the words. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know them all, man. Just call, call it to me, man. <laughs> Call me something I can Google. It's fantastic. Make, make me do homework <laughs> or something. Yeah, like our old radio producer went when our old radio producer, somebody, a couple of women called him misogynistic That's and he hilarious. got pissed off and he's like, I didn't even know what it was. And I had to fight and I had to Google it. And I was like, That's funny. I could have told you misogynistic. Well, but- as, as, as far as that kind of stuff goes, I grew up in the suburbs, so I didn't hear a lot of racial slurs. In fact, the first time I heard too. Porch Monkey was in a Kevin Smith movie. So, yep. And that was a very funny scene. I can't remember. That was a very funny scene, too. It was something. Like, that was, oh, my God. I've heard that term, but I don't remember where. Yeah, because he was, they're working in a fast food place, and it's Wanda Sykes. It was an earthquake was the dude, right? Oh, she's amazing. I love her. Both both black comedians. And she goes, excuse me, what did you just call me? It's like, it's not like he called us. Of course, but the food isn't racist. It's him. Right. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. I love her in, in every episode. Oh, I like, do. I've curb your enthusiasm and... when she's yeah. always there when Jerry, uh, not Jerry, Larry says something fucking racist that just like it can't be explained necessarily. And she's always there going, and that's it. That's all you need. That's, that's it. <laughs> so, I, one of the things is, is uh, 
you are also besides being a comedian, you're also and and a, a troll, <laughs> a face a, a social media. Troll. You I are do. an author. Um, you have a book that's coming out uh, called "I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay," and it is a book for people um, that uh, are like me. It's a fubu for us, by us, for the depressed, by the depressed. And it is an activity book. Oh, I love it. And it's uh, got all sorts of fun activities. You can do things around the house. There's word prompts, um, you know, find a doctor obstacle course. There's all sorts of fun stuff. Um, there's word finds. There's things that you can use for pressure points and relief and, you know, what you can break. There's coloring pages. Um, the book's about 150. 45 pages long. It's um, produced through, produced. <laughs> uh, my publisher is Abrams. Um, it's actually a, a Abrams notary, which does a lot of art books. And um, so every book has art on it. And uh, you know, we were talking about finding your uh, comedy, you know, husband, wife, whatever may be. My comedy wife, this is who helped me make this. She's not a comedian. She's not a stand-up comedian. She's just one of those people that's funny. And she's an artist. And she's done a lot of great things. And we partnered together. And, like, this is a coloring page, you know. Um, this is one of my favorites. Stop asking me if I've tried yoga. Oh. That was one of the things that really bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corey, um, Corey, what um, what prompts you to write a book like this? To come up with this, what what gave you the ideas? What inspired you? Um, so I ran um a comedy festival in New York, uh, Brooklyn, called Cinderblock Comedy Festival, and during that time, I used constant work to ignore that there were some major changes in my body and mind. And um, I worked myself to the point where I felt like the only thing I needed to do at this point was, you know, check myself into a psych ward and try to figure out what the fuck went wrong and how. And um, I definitely wanted to die. And that's when I decided to uh, start going to therapy um, and start talking through my child abuse and everything that I knew I was strong about, but um, maybe too blase about it, um, maybe too oversharing about it. And, um, and a lot of that is, uh, you know, being in tune with your trauma and understanding uh, what makes me do certain things, ways, I've, reasons I've held myself back because I was raised to hold myself back, things like that. And when all that kind of stuff comes crushing down on you on top of developing hypothyroidism um, that was untreated for about five years, um, I completely, my body just shut down. And all I could do was just cry and sleep and work on my festival. And that is exactly who I was for, for about two years. And I started going to therapy um, and started taking medicine and started to admit that it was okay. Um, then my life changed. Then my life was worth living. 
and um, you know, I was able to understand why I did certain things. And um, you know, I always knew that shit that happened to me growing up wasn't my fault. I couldn't be. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you don't carry the weight as if it was. And you know, I, uh, some of the strongest people I know killed themselves. And yeah. it's just, it, it, we can't ignore it anymore. We can't, you know, every time somebody says, oh God, we got to work on mental health. What do they mean by that? You know, and for me, when I committed myself into the psych ward and I saw uh, Kings County in Brooklyn and I saw, uh, I was basically in a holding pen. I was basically in a giant uh, holding pen for anybody that was taken off the subway for trying to rape a girl. You know what I mean? Like it was everybody. It wasn't, there was no classes. There was no sitting down with a counselor and talking my shit out. No, I was in literally the emergency room for crazy people. And uh, I went through all these things and knowing that every time that I would go and meet with my psychiatrist or my therapist, they'd give me these little sheets of paper Here's how to manage your repressed anger. Here's how to uh, do this. And they always looked like they were written for kids because they fucking were. And they'd have like a little picture. Maybe it was like a little cartoon character that was like, don't be sad. Here's some things we're living for, you know? And I was just like, it's it, to, to, to even just uh, wipe it away as something, you know, don't be sad is just like, oh, my God, you do not understand depression at all. It has nothing to do with being sad. Um, and so just things like that. I was just like, well, what if I just made my versions of these? Well, I can't really draw. I kind of can. I'm OK, um, but I'm not good. And so I kind of just, every time I had an idea for like uh, making fun of the little sheet that I got, I'd write it down. So I went to this party, which was unheard. I didn't go to parties. I never left the house. I went to a party to prove that I was not depressed. And um, <laughs> I met this girl, Emily, this woman. I hate it when people say girl, sorry. I met this woman, Emily, and she was great. And we got along immediately. And her and uh, she was with a man who was a comedian, is a comedian. I don't know. And he had heard of my festival and he was pretty upset about it uh, because what we did was a Cinderblock Comedy Festival was a festival that gave uh, platform spotlight to marginalized performers. So anybody that would be considered normally token on a lineup, uh, women, people of color, mm -hmm. LGBT, um, right. people with disabilities. Um, and basically we did book white men, but we made it known that they weren't our focus. Oh. And because we made it known it wasn't our focus, there was a lot of attacks. And uh, like I, they tried to dox me. There's all sorts of things. 4chan is actually one of the places, and this is why I hate QAnon so much too, is those are the same people that were trying to dox me, trying to shut down our website, trying to, um, sending me death threats, saying that they wanted to murder me with a cinder block. Um, and even to this day, that's only like what, 
2016 that happened. So um, I still, I'm shaking just thinking about it, how, how scary it was and how here, and here I was, my mind was not where it should be. My body was not where it should be. Um, and I shut down and it was very hard to deal with. And so when I met Emily's boyfriend at the time was, I think 2017, it was right before the second year. And he was like, you know what, what you do against white guys, it's racist. It's racist. And I was just like, cool, man. And we kind of, we kind of fought a little bit during the party, but I was also kind of like, yeah, I already know who you are, bro. And I really liked his girlfriend. And unfortunately, you know, uh, they didn't, they didn't work out. She emailed me and she, she friended me online and was just like, Hey, I think Cinderblock's awesome. And if you ever need any help with any creative projects, I'm an artist and I'd love to work with you. And I was like, oh, actually, would you get lunch with me? And we went and had lunch and I showed her what I was look, what I was thinking about. And she immediately was excited. She's, uh, I don't want to tell her diagnosis, but she's dealt with depression um, and uh, anxiety and things her whole life as well. And I was talking to the right person. And I told her the kind of art style I liked, and it looked like a, um, almost like a CPR poster. And she just went to town, and that is the art that we have today in the book. Here's American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> um, so nice. yeah, we uh, we we partnered together, and that was three years ago, and. Here is our book. Please buy it. <laughs> I'm broke. No, we actually we found everybody that we worked with had to have a, something. They had to understand depression. So our agent, uh, Mark Gottlieb, at Trident Media, he understood depression. Therefore, he wanted to work with us. We were turned down by some agents before because they didn't understand it. They thought that this was a toxic book. They thought that we were trying to get people to harm themselves. They were afraid of um, the implications that, you know, it, it's okay to not be okay. They were afraid of that kind of mantra. And so they steered clear of us. The people that got us were the people that got us. And so we got a great right. agent and that agent in turn found us and all, I don't even know how it worked out, but it, it was like an all lady staff at Abrams mm. um, who understood. And I would make sure I was like, hey, do you understand depression? <laughs> I got, I really needed to know because I didn't want to work with anybody that we'd have to fight with. And, you know, yeah. and there were never, yeah, there, there weren't anything like that. Right. They accepted us. They liked our sense of humor. And then this was something I always wanted at the end um, was a list of resources and you know it's got like you know the text line for um suicide prevention not everybody can talk out loud especially during covid too maybe you want to text somebody you know hey somebody wants i want to talk to somebody i can't talk to anybody and the text 
the crisis text, text the, line, you, text you text the, text the word connect. Word for it, isn't there? Um, the, I think it's all in caps. Uh, connect to 741741. Okay. Um, and that's just in the United States. Um, I also put in LifeNet, American Foundation for Suicide, Icarus Project, uh, Trevor Lifeline, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, all the goods, all the good stuff's in here. But um, I can't be, I, I can't control what anyone's going to do reading my book. But they need to also understand that this comes from my own pain and Emily's own pain. And um, everybody who I know who's gotten it and who's dealt with depression before has reached out and I mean, what are they going to do, do? Tell me something bad, but they've told me something. They've told me something that, you know, like a page that really resonated with them. And. Right. So, so where can people find this it's book? Out. Is it, is it, it's out. Is it it's not digital like because it's a filling book. It it's a activities book. So you even have uh, in the beginning, you get to even write okay. this book belongs to. Um, so it's actually my husband's copy. He's already, he's actually working <laughs> on it. Um, it is, I'm not okay. You're not okay.com. Uh, we're also on, uh, social media. Um, but really you can just go to that website and you can see where it's available. Of course, the, the standards, Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all that. But what I would suggest people do is go to, um, uh, it, it's, uh, it's the, the indie the indie um, indie bookstores is what you want to get. It's uh, indiebound.org is the website. Sorry, indiebound.org. You type in your zip code and you can find the uh, the nearest small bookstore where you can order the book from or see if they have it in stock. Lori, um, uh, but it's we're, would you yeah. be able to give us uh, send us some links so we can put it on our uh, it's not about you uh, Facebook page? I will do that. Um, I will send them to you. In fact, I, yeah. yes, I will send them to you. I do have, I do have a suggestion uh, for the digital side. Make yeah, it an we app. talked about that. I actually so reached out to, to my publishers right before the book came out. Um, my husband does, he's an independent game designer and, uh, we had an idea to, to do it like that. Cause it's the only way it could be done is if it was kind of a game. Um, but it's harder to do the journal entering, um, through a game. So there's that, but yes, absolutely. I'm with you on that one, Todd. That's a, a fantastic idea because I've already thought of it. Um, well, I, I, I figured somebody must have yeah. thought of it, but I wanted to say something in case someone didn't. Think right. Well, it. or if, if somebody, if it was an, yeah, people have asked me for digitals before yeah, and that's what you made me think. Work, so. If yeah, you're not somebody that yeah, could be digital, why not? Yeah. I mean, even even if there's a general entry section mm -hmm, of it, mm -hmm. just make it a a text thing you can type in. I mean, that's. I mean, I I use I use an app for kind of like monitoring my own kind of how I'm doing, and it has a section in there where I can type something in if I want. Usually, I just select the little icons. Of how do you feel? I feel this. What are you doing? Corey, um, give me any excuse to put whatever. my phone down like, while I'm on the but, yeah. A train. Just give me any reason. <laughs> if I can put my phone down, I do because not I'm miss riding, riding on the subway. <laughs> I do not miss that subway, man. I love having my own car. I gotta say. 
You can scream in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can scream on the A train, too. It's just sound of <laughs> I used to scream when the cars were coming, when the train would come and it yeah. would get really loud. <laughs> I used to love the train. Because yeah. I could. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the book's everywhere. It's in Canada, it's on, in, uh, I, I hear well, it's in Australia as well. Um, I don't know how much they're going to, I think they'll like my cheeky sense of humor. I think it's in the UK. I think, I think, but yes, it's true. Um, I don't know what to do. We were supposed to do a, a book tour and, you know, I, I, I've missed out on a lot of things as a first time author and I'm trying not to be bummed about it. Um, cause I always wanted to write a book and always dreamed of taking a book tour and <laughs> yeah, in like 10 years. Yeah. You still might be able to. Yeah, exactly. That's how I'm looking at it. You know, your virtual book You could go down to the South and, and yeah. do your you book know, tour. They're not wearing masks it, there. They'll show up. Like, they don't care. So it's like, it'll work out. They're going to be like, what's that stupid thing? I'm not, sure they'll like my, I'm not sure they'll like my sense of humor. <laughs> She's like, no. <laughs> Suicide prevention. Though, because September is national. I was just Check talking in on your strong on. friends. <laughs> Suicide prevention. And so, and I think, yeah. And you know what? I think that, I think that it's something that, you know, we need to bring shed light on we need to talk about it because being raised irish catholic you didn't talk about shit you kept that things to yourself you didn't talk about nothing right and so being able to try and and that's just like, remove the, the shame minute. yeah we've got a, we got a five minute alert guys no, but so I get what we are gonna wrap it up dirty here. i know a lot of people time always older flies. people and it really is yes and it's scary and it's something um, uh, next, that kind of gives a good segue to one of the things I wanted to talk about next uh, week is we, I actually came across a, a fantastic website that helps deal with the machismo male and dealing with Ooh. depression and it called mantherapy.org. And so I wanted to kind of, I'll, I'll be sharing and it's, it's, uh, it's, I love the sense of humor. It does what I, I, I'm a strong proponent of humor and education combining the two because especially for me as a safety professional in a construction world in a man's world and dealing with the male machismo and they don't want oh you, know, my God. you to sit there and look cute sugar tits while we do <laughs> our what men do over here and so you're having to approach them and to be able to do it on a level that they can understand it i always Absolutely. find that humor is the best way to do that so yeah. um and any you know, so for it, because it makes things less scary, it makes things less intimidating. And it, it absolutely, when you crack that first laugh, you know, when either, either side, when you're on stage, mm -hmm. take away that tension The when you crack your first laugh, that's when you're hooked, that you're in. And that's when you're, you know, so it's a, it's such a great way of being able to do that. And, you know, being able to have that other, that other aspect. It's hard of being to able make to fun of your humor if you're not, therapy, or you're, it's hard to make so fun of your pain if you weren't raised to do it. And uh, I feel like that's a big part of therapy is being right. able to see what happened and be able to make it 
somewhat right in your head or else and I do that with I do that with comedy. I I you know I use I use comedy yeah. as a shield, and it's um, I mean I could only do so much though. You you do really have to talk to somebody, and otherwise you're draining your friends, and you got to be really careful draining your friends when you're a depressed person. I've lost friends because of it. Um, and and by draining your friends, if you're not familiar, you're nodding your head. I know you know, but just kind of like using your friend as a th as a therapist, where your friend doesn't really get to even suggest anything. They just have to shut up and fucking listen to you, and then you hang up on them. And then they're like, "Why did you call me? Why did you do that to me?" Yeah. And me too. And if you're that person, I've been on both sides of that phone call, and. You know, you are that person who's who's very giving and loving, and you every want phone calls like out that. After a while, then what are you going to do? I mean, you can't continue every time that relationship they're the because Yeah, yeah, and you're like, I don't, have I don't have the skills to help you. I want no, to. No, I'm not, not good at it, I, and I don't, I don't want to be your therapist. <sighs> you don't right. fucking pay me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and in our book we do, do say we're not going to help you. It, <laughs> but having, book is guaranteed not to help. That way, it keeps us from getting any legal lowers expectations. <laughs> but you know what, though, if, if if nothing else, yeah, if somebody. Thanks for tuning into another episode of "It's Not About You" with Jamal and Marianne. Be sure to check them out on Facebook at not about you pod that's n o t a b o u t the letter u p o d